If you brought a Bible this morning, I'm going to invite you to go to two passages of Scripture. We're going to begin in Genesis chapter 37 and verse 3. And then we're going to go to the book of Romans, Paul's letter to the Romans. And that will be Romans chapter 13 and verse 14. If you don't have a Bible, we'll have it up here on the screen for you. Or you can look it up on your digital device. Genesis 37 verse 3. As we continue our sermon series on the coat my father gave me. And this morning we're going to talk about the coat which God has given you. We read about the life of Joseph in Genesis chapter 37. One of the four patriarchs of the book of Genesis. Genesis 37, 3, one verse of scripture there. It says, now Israel loved Joseph more than all his sons. Because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a very colored tunic. His brothers saw that their father loved him more than all of his brothers, and so they hated him and could not speak to him on friendly terms. Now Romans chapter 13 and verse 14 this morning. Actually, we'll read verse 13 for the context. It reads, let us behave properly in the day, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity or sensuality, not in strife and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lust. And I want to read again that phrase of verse 14, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you read or would you pray with me this morning? Father, we thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit among us. You promised that where two or three gathered in your name that you would be there. And this morning you have kept your promise to your children. I ask now that you would anoint my lips of clay to preach the word of the living God. And I ask that you would anoint the hearing of this congregation to hear your word. We say from our heart, O oh God, we don't want to hear the voice of the word of a man. But we need to hear the word of God. And so we ask that you would speak to us, each one in our hearts, in the need of our life. We ask that in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. 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 You may be seated this morning. I want to speak to you this morning about clothes. How many of you enjoy shopping for clothes? I heard mostly the ladies say amen right there. And the other half of the ladies were not honest. So I'm going to try that again. How many of you enjoy shopping for clothes? There is one thing I hate to do, and that is shopping. I absolutely hate shopping. Uh, when I go to a store, I go in, get what I need, and I come out, and I don't know what else they had. I just know I, have a, I need a white shirt or a blue shirt or a gray suit or a blue suit or whatever, and I come in and get out of there as quick as possible. But I have noticed that some people, they just like to go in there and try everything on and uh, just look and... Uh, and buy everything that's on sale. And so if you have that, that gift, God bless you. Good for you. But uh, I don't have that gift. But I think that all of us at some point or another, we, we like to wear some clothes that uh, identify us, that make us kind of feel that we are uh, unique, that we have a, a personality, a strength that uh, want, we want to reflect in what we wear. And that's just the, the nature of our apparel. We're always trying to be sure that we're in the, in the style and the fashion of the day. 
I don't think I ever succeeded at that, so I gave up on that a long time ago. But some of you guys are really good at that, and so I congratulate you for it. But in our spiritual life, there is also a, a clothing that we must wear. There is a garment that you and I must wear, that we must carry in our spiritual life. It is what keeps us in fashion. It is what keeps us in, uh, in that awareness that we belong to God. And tonight I'm not going to talk about, as some churches choose to emphasize a dress code, they choose to emphasize the clothing that you wear on the external. I don't want to talk about that this morning, but I want to speak about what God has given you in your spirit, man, what God has given you to wear as a child of God. We have as our example the life of Joseph. Joseph was a young man, about 17 years old, and the Bible said that his father prepared for him a coat of many colors. That's what has, how it has been translated into the English language, a coat of many colors. This coat was going to be a matter of controversy for the life of Joseph because it was going to set him apart. It meant that his father had chosen him and had favored him in a special way. And I want to assure you this morning that every person in this room, every person within the sound of my voice, who has made a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ, if you call God your Father this morning, there is a coat, a garment that He has specifically prepared for you. There is a coat, a, a garment that He has prepared painstakingly to identify you as His child. The Scripture indicates that Joseph went through a great process of preparing, designing, and, uh, and ultimately giving his son this coat. It was a coat that he had planned, a coat that he didn't just go and pick up off of a shelf, but it was a finely tailored garment that only Joseph could wear. In fact, it was a coat that really would only fit on Joseph. And I believe that the coat that your father has prepared for you as his child is just the same. God designed it throughout the ages so that you might wear it and be uh, recognized as a child of God. God has uh, gone through great expense in order to provide this garment for you to wear in your spiritual life. And it fits only you. You know that every person in this room is unique. You have gifts and callings and skills and talents that God didn't give to anybody else. The particular combination of gifts and strengths that you have, no one else has on the earth. And so when you and I live out those things that God has put within us, when we live out the dreams and the gifts and the calling of God on our life, we find that we are wearing a particular coat, a particular garment that no one else has. And everyone has to learn this sooner or later, that you have to wear the coat that your father gave you. You can't wear the coat that my father gave me. You can try, but it won't fit you. And if, you, if I try to wear what God gave you, it won't fit me either. But there is in each one of our lives a specific call, a specific gift, a specific ability that when you do it, nobody else can do it like you. And God is showing off through your life. And he's showing the world, this is my child. I designed this specifically for them. I designed this specifically for, for the, the, the purpose that they have in their generation. 
When I stand in the pulpit and preach, I feel God smiling over me. I feel that God has given me something to do that if anyone else uh, were to take it from me, I would, I would probably just stop breathing because this is the thing that God designed me to do. You can put me... You can put me in a mechanic shop and I won't know what to do with your car, all right? You can put me in a hospital and I can pray for you, but I can't open you up and take out that tumor. And uh, you can put me in a lot of situations where I won't shine. But when you put me in a pulpit, I'm wearing the coat my father gave me. And I want you to know that God has given you a coat. He's given you something that belongs to you only. And when you wear it, you're showing off. His design for your life. The Bible tells us that Jacob gave this coat to his son because he loved him. It's a coat not only that distinguished him and gave him purpose, but it was a coat that indicated to him that he was loved by the Father. Can I tell you this morning that you are beloved of God? That you are so loved of God that he gave his only begotten son. That you, if you would believe in him, would not perish but have everlasting life. The Bible said that God loved you even while you were his enemy. Even while you were estranged from him. Far from hope and far from peace. He loved you with an everlasting love. The Bible said that he has drawn us with the cords of love. He has drawn us and wooed us to himself because of his love. And so you and I can wear each day the coat of our Father's affection. I can walk around every day, and you can too, saying, My Father loves me. My Father has set his affection upon my life. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about the love of our Father, the love of God. This coat was given to Joseph, and it created some jealousy among his brothers. Have you ever noticed that a people are jealous of you sometime without even knowing why? Because your coat that your father gave you is a coat of divine favor. When you and I walk under the coat that our father has given us, we're walking under the favor of God. What does that mean? That means that God has given us an advantage. God has given us his grace. God has given us special privileges. He has put us in a place that we didn't belong. He has given us things we did not deserve. And it is the grace and favor of God upon our life. I see some people in here that you and I, we have received things that we didn't deserve. But because of the grace of God, because of the mercies of God, because of the favor of God upon our life. So when you go into a setting where you're at a disadvantage. When you go before someone who has the authority to choose your fate or your future. When you go into a setting where someone has the authority to determine how much money you're going to make or which salary you're going to receive. I want you to walk in there knowing that you are wearing the coat of your father's favor and that he has made you special. He's made you unique and he has put his favor upon your life. The favor of God will open doors that are closed in your life. The favor of God will bring resources into your hands so that you can fulfill the purpose of God. The favor of God will make people who don't like you help you so that you can accomplish God's purpose in your generation. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about God's choice, God's favor over your life. The favor of God in my life has put me before great men. The favor of God in my life has taken me to places I never dreamed of going. It's given me the opportunity to influence people of high position in politics. Why? Because God chose to say, this is going to be my child. I'm going to put him where I can use him. And if you will walk 
In obedience to God, friend, God will give you his favor. God will give you his grace in every place where you need to go. Now, this coat set Joseph apart because it was a sign of the Father's favor. But here's the thing I want you to know this morning. In order to wear the coat your father gave you, you have to take off the coat the world gave you. Can I say that again? In order to wear the coat that your father gave you, you have to take off the coat that the world gave you. You know, there are many people who try to wear both coats. You can't wear both coats. You, you try to wear three or four coats and get the job done, it's not going to happen. You've got to choose this morning, I'm going to wear the coat that my father gave me. The Bible talks about in the book of Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve had sinned against God, and with them had fallen the entirety of the human race. The scripture says that they, they knit together fig leaves in order to cover their nakedness and their shame. When the Lord God came into the garden, he said unto them, where are you, Adam? And Adam said, uh, we're over here, Lord. We were hiding because we were afraid. And I imagine that God might have started laughing when he saw Adam and Eve walk out in the newest fashion of, of, of fig leaf apparel. There they were dressed in leaves that they had come, they had knit together to hide their shame. The Lord, the Bible says that he removed those garments of fig leaves, which really for you and I today represent the self-righteousness of man. They represent our desire, our ability, or our attempts anyway to cover our shame. They represent our attempt to cover our sin. But friend, there's nothing you can do to cover your sin from the eyes of God. Not all the fig leaves in the world can cover your sin from the eyes of God. But the Lord God came into the garden. The Bible said that he slew an animal. He took that animal's skin and he made for them skin, uh, clothing made of animal skin. This was the first time in, the, in human history that an animal had been slain. And the blood of that animal was shed in order to cover the sin of Adam and Eve. And now they could stand clothed, fully covered in their shame because of the blood of that sacrifice. Can I tell you, friend, if you want to wear the coat your father gave you, you got to get rid of the fig leaves. Set aside self-righteousness and let God wash you clean through the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, the blood of the sacrifice of his cross. We read in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 13 and 14, that the protege of the great prophet Elijah, had come to the place where Elijah had been carried off in a chariot of fire. And now the Bible said that Elisha received the mantle of Elijah. The mantle of that great prophet of God fell upon his life. And when it fell upon his life, the scripture says that Elisha took his old garments and he tore them in half. What did that mean? That means that Elisha decided that in order to wear the mantle of God's anointing, he had to get rid of the mantle of his old life. He had to say goodbye to yesterday's anointing in order to receive today's anointing. Can I tell you, friend, that it's still necessary today for you to let go of yesterday's anointing in order to receive the anointing that God has for you today, in order to receive the mantle that God has for you today. The Bible tells us about Bartimaeus. The blind man, who one day when he heard that Jesus was passing by, he began to cry out and say, Lord, son of David, have mercy upon me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. And when he got the Lord's attention, the scripture said that the Lord called for him 
And the scripture says this very unique statement. It says that Bartimaeus threw aside his beggar's garment. He threw aside that garment that had identified him as a beggar because he knew my life is about to change. I'm not going to be a beggar anymore. You see, if you want to wear the coat your father gave you, you've got to throw aside the garment of the beggar, throw aside the garment of the slave and realize I am a son of the most high God. I am a child of a king. I'm not going to be begging anymore. When the prodigal son finally came home, I imagine that his garments were tattered and torn. And as he came home, he came to his father and he said, Father, I have sinned against God and against you. Make me like one of your hired hands because I do not deserve to be called your son. But the scripture says that his father embraced him and he hugged him. And he said to his servants, bring the bring my son a new robe and he dressed him in a new garment the garment of a son not the garment of a slave do you imagine that he put that new garment over his old garment do you imagine that he put that new garment over his torn stinky clothes no friend he had to put off that old identity he had to put off that old garment in order to wear the garment that his father had given him This morning, I want to challenge you to put off the garment of the world, to put off the garment of the flesh, put off the garment of self-righteousness, put off the garment of the beggar, put off the garment of the prodigal, and put on the garment of a child of God because you have a new identity through Jesus Christ, the Son of God. This coat, the Bible says, that our Father gave us is a coat that is unique in all of the world. And the book of Romans gives us an instruction. It says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, it doesn't matter how much clothes you shop for and bring home. It does you no good until you put it on. And you know, you can't, you can't enjoy it until you put it on. They say statistically or scientifically that we feel better when we're well dressed. Well, you can't feel any better until you put it on. And you see, you have been given this coat that your father has given you. But you have to put off the old coat and put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put on the identity of a child of God. Put on the identity that belongs to you through his son, Jesus Christ. This coat which our father has given us is a coat of righteousness. Isaiah chapter 61 verse 10 says this, For he has clothed me with garments of salvation, and he has wrapped me with a robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with a garland or a crown, and the bride adorns herself with jewels. Listen, friend, this is what God has done for you. Your father God has dressed you. He has, he has fitted you, outfitted you in the garments of salvation and in a robe of righteousness. You say, Pastor Isaac, what does that mean? What does it mean for me? I'll tell you what it means. This is what it means. When you put on the Lord Jesus Christ, when you come to Jesus for salvation, you say, Lord, I confess that I'm a sinner. And I need forgiveness of my sins. He puts on you a robe of righteousness. He puts on you a robe of salvation. And now when God the Father looks at you, he no longer sees your sin. He sees salvation. He no longer sees your past. He sees the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. He no longer sees your error, but he sees the perfect 
righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it means that you and I are wearing robes of righteousness. When you run into the devil, the devil tries to remind you of your past. He tries to remind you of the things you've done wrong. Sometimes he'll go to God and he'll accuse you to God and say, look, don't, don't give Isaac too much credit. You know where he's been. You know what he's done. And you know what the Lord says? He says, look, let me check out. Let me check him out. And he looks over and he says, nope, I don't see any of that. He's covered in righteousness. He's covered in salvation. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about the blood of Jesus that washed away your sin, washed away your past, and gave you a new hope and a new start. Come on, I'm talking about your life. I'm talking about the fact that your past has been covered in the blood of Jesus. It's a robe of salvation, a robe of righteousness. The Bible says further that this is a garment of praise. Isaiah 61 verse 3, he says that he grants to those who mourn in Zion, giving them a crown instead of ashes and the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of the spirit of fainting, so that they will call, be called the oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Listen to what God's word says. It says that he grants to those who mourn in Zion. You know, there are many who mourn today. There are those who mourn even in Zion. What is Zion? Zion is the house of God. Zion is the house of, of celebration. You know, there are those who mourn who are outside of Zion, and they mourn because they have rejected God. They have sadness in their heart because they have not accepted the, the blessing and the peace of God. But there are those who mourn in the house of God. They mourn over their past. They mourn over their, over their failures. They mourn over the things that they have lost or the things that they have not received. And God says, look, I have given you a garment of praise. I have given you a crown instead of ashes. Beauty instead of your ashes. And I have given you the oil of gladness instead of lament and mourning. And I have given you a mantle of praise. What does that mean? God says, I have given you the ability to rejoice even in the midst of dark hours. I have given you the ability to celebrate even in the midst of trouble. He says, I have set a table before you even in the presence of your enemies. What do you do with a garment of praise? You have to put it on. You have to make a decision. I am going to praise the Lord. You know, I can tell the, on Sunday morning when you brought your garment of praise and when you didn't. I can tell because some of you, you kind of just stand there and you say, okay, I'm at church this morning. So what I do traditionally. But then I can tell when you have brought your mantle of praise. When you have come into the house of God, determined to give God what is due his name. When you have come into God's house and say, I am going to bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will make a boast in the Lord and the people will hear it and be glad. You know, sometimes it's easy to praise God when everything's going your way. Oh, yes, I got the new job. Yes, I got the raise. Yes, I got the scholarship. Praise the Lord, everybody. I got a new car. Praise the Lord, everybody. I got a new house. But you know, there is a praise that comes from a heart that has been broken. There is a praise that comes from a life that says, you know what? Things aren't going my way right now, but I will bless the Lord. Things are a little bit, a little bit sticky right now, but I'm going to give God the praise. I'm going to give God the glory. And that garment of praise, when you take it on, it's like an oil. It washes away 
the lament. It washes away the, 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 the fear. And it gives you a spirit of gladness. It gives you the joy of the Lord. The Bible tells us more about this coat. It tells us that this coat is a coat that will not wear out. In Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 5, the Lord said to the nation of Israel, I have led you 40 years in the wilderness, and your clothes have not worn out, and your sandals have not worn out off of your feet. Listen to what God said to Israel. He said, 40 years you've walked with me in the desert, and your clothing have not worn out, and your shoes have not worn out. I don't know if anyone in here has a pair of shoes that's 40 years old or a jacket that's 40 years old, but it's probably a little worn. It probably has some, some signs of uh, the times. Maybe you have an old letterman jacket from your days in high school when you were the man, right? When you were the woman, when you had it all going on. But you know, the Bible said that the, the clothes that God had on Israel never wore out. It never wore. It, it continued to be um, consistently good every single day. What can I tell you about the coat your father has given you? It is a coat that will never wear out. It is going to be forever on your life. And it is an enduring garment. It is an enduring covering that God has provided for you. You know, there are some people that are waiting for you to wear out. They're saying, well, let's see how long this church thing goes. Let's see how long this Christianity thing goes. Let's see if they can really hang in there. Oh, they say they're going to church now. They say they're, they're a Christian now. Let's see how long that really goes. Well, you just tell them, don't hold your breath, buddy, because this garment is not going to wear out. I have been dressed in the righteousness of God. I have been dressed in that enduring righteousness. It's not going to wear away. Some of you have been walking with the Lord 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. And it gets sweeter every day, doesn't it? It doesn't get old. It doesn't wear out. That is what I'm talking about this morning. I'm not talking about a passing fad. I'm not talking about something that's here today and gone tomorrow. I'm talking about the enduring identity that you have as a child of the living God. This garment is not only enduring. The Bible tells us that this garment does not burn in the fires of adversity. This is a kind of garment that is fireproof, fire resistant. Tell your neighbor, I'm fireproof. All right, now the Bible tells us that there were three Hebrews who were in Babylon. And the, the Babylonian uh, king, Nebuchadnezzar, he made a giant image, an idol. He wanted the whole nation to worship. He said at the sound of the music, everyone in the, in the nation of Babylon will bow down and worship the image. Well, when they played that music, everyone bowed down except for three Hebrew men who knew that they could not worship a false god. And so they remained standing. They were brought to the king and the king said, all right, guys, are you, are you not... Uh, didn't you get the memo? We're going to, you're going to bow down. I'm going to play the music one more time. And you're going to bow down. Because uh, if you don't, I'm going to throw you into a fiery furnace. I'm going to put you in an ordeal that will destroy your life. They said to him, King, 
Don't worry about striking up the band again. We're not going to bow. You can play the music all day long, King. We're not going to bow because our God is able to save us from the fire. And even if he doesn't, we will not bow. Is there anybody in here that has that kind of faith today that says, God, I am not going to bow before adversity, before persecution. I will not bow. The Bible says that they threw them into the furnace of fire. It was a fire so intense that the men who, who increased the heat in that oven died because of the intensity of that heat. They were thrown into that furnace. They should have been cremated within moments. But the Bible says that when Nebuchadnezzar looked into that furnace, he said, wait a minute. Weren't there three that we threw in there? But why do I see four? And the fourth man looks like the son of God. There they were, the Bible said, walking unbound and free and worshiping the Lord. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about a garment that does not burn in the fires of adversity. And the scripture says that when they came out of that that furnace, because they had to bring them out. You know, you can't keep them in there forever. Can I tell you, if you're in the furnace today, just hold on. They're not going to keep you in there forever. This trial is going to pass. This season is going to pass. Come on, somebody. God is going to bring you out. And when they brought them out, the Bible said that their hair was not singed and that their coat did not even have the smell of smoke upon it. I'm talking about the coat that your father has given you. How many of you know there's been some fires you've gone through? There's been some tests you survived, and when you came out on the other side, not even the smell of smoke was upon you because God is with you. God has given you a coat, the coat of his grace upon your life. Not only this, but the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 and 18, that this is a coat that is our spiritual armor. But the Bible said, therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the, day, when the evil day comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And having done all of this, you will stand. Stand firm then, the Bible says, with your belt of truth buckled around your waist, and with the breastplate of righteousness in place. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And in addition to this, take up the shield of faith, which which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. And take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You know that God has fitted you for war. He has fitted you for spiritual battle. And friend, he has fitted you for victory. Did you hear me this morning? I said God has fitted you for victory. He has dressed you for success. Listen, when he designed the coat that he gave you, he made it for success. He made it for you to endure, to stand the test and trial of life. He made it so that you could stand when the enemy came against you. And he has given you his armor. But I want to tell you something more. There is a garment that you and I have in our spirit. I can't see yours. And you can't see mine. But there's coming a day when we're going to receive a garment in our physical body that will look like the garment of our spiritual man. You and I are going to be one day 
in the presence of God. And the Bible said that he will dress his church in robes of white linen. White so bright that our eyes will be perplexed at the brilliance of that white. This will be the robe that he gives to those who have overcome. To those who have put off the flesh and put on the Lord Jesus Christ. To those who have said, God, I am your child. You are my father. I'm going to wear this coat. I'm going to wear it with pride and with joy. Because you sent Jesus to the cross in order to secure this garment for me. This morning, you and I have the great hope of knowing that when we put on the Lord Jesus Christ, when we say yes to him, he clothes us in brilliant white righteousness. He makes us stand right before God so that though, though the world may accuse you, though the world may bring up your past or your shame, that if you are covered in the blood of Jesus, that coat is a coat that has brought you righteously into the presence of God. This morning, you and I have been clothed with that coat of many colors. We have been clothed with the coat of our Father's favor, our Father's love. We have been covered with the coat of His righteousness. Are you wearing that coat? Are you walking in that righteousness? Can I tell you today, are you walking around with a beggar's garment? Let it go. Are you walking around with a beggar's cloak, seeing if maybe God will listen, maybe God will care. Friend, let aside that beggar's garment. Pick up the cloak that you have been given as a son. Are you walking as a prodigal today, estranged from God, far from home? Are you wandering like the prodigal, saying, I want to go back, but I don't know if he'll take me? Can I tell you that your father will take you? He will come to you and he'll receive you into his arms. And this morning, he says to you, I have a robe of righteousness to give you. It cannot be compared with anything else in this world. Are you going through the fire of affliction, the, fly, the fire of adversity? Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. He will walk with you through the fire. Because he says when you walk through the fire, it will not scorch you. And when you walk through the flood, they will not over, overtake you. And when you walk through the waters, you will not be drowned. This is God's promise to you this morning. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. It is an admonition. It is a command. It is an instruction this morning. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Make that decision for yourself. I'm going to follow Christ. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to do what God's word says. And when you make that decision for yourself, it changes every other thing in your life. Today, friend, if you're walking without God, you say, Pastor Isaac, I don't know Jesus. I don't know, I don't know the forgiveness of God. Can I tell you, friend, that you can know him today? You can put him on today by faith. The Bible said that if you will confess with your mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you can be saved. That's God's promise to you today. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Say yes to him. And watch him work in your life. Would you stand with me this morning? If you would, bow your head in prayer for just a moment. I want to make a general invitation to everyone this morning, but I want to first 
make an invitation to those of you who would say, Pastor Isaac, I don't know Jesus Christ as my Savior. If you would say, Pastor Isaac, I'm not sure that I am a child of God. I, I would like to be, but I haven't made that commitment of my life. Then this is your opportunity. So what I want to do first, I want to ask everyone in this room a question. If you know for sure, you say, Pastor, I know for sure that if I died tonight, I would go to heaven. If you say, I know for sure that I'm saved. I know that I'm wearing the garment of, of Christ's righteousness. If that's you, if you know that you know that you're saved, this won't be hard at all. Just raise your hand if you know. Praise God. You say, I know it. I know it. Thank you. You may put your hand down. Now, if you say, Pastor, I couldn't raise my hand. I don't know for sure. I want to be sure today. I want to know for sure that I'm putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. That I've made a commitment of my life to him. You say, I couldn't raise my hand, but I would like to next time. Someone asked me that question, I would like to be sure about it. If that's you, friend, I want you to leave your pew and come to this altar. Don't think about it twice. You say, I want to be sure this morning. I want to know that I belong to Christ. Maybe you've answered an altar call before, but you're not, you haven't received that assurance in your heart. God wants you to know him today. Come on, if you say, Pastor, that's me, I want you to leave your pew quickly. Make your way up here. Elders, would you come, please? This is a day of decision. This is a time for you to decide, a time for you to say yes to Christ. I don't know, but I want to know. The Bible said that the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. He'll give you that assurance today. As the elders pray with these who've come, I want to make this second invitation. I believe that many of you this morning are going through the fire of affliction. You're going through some adversity in your life. And this morning, God says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. He's going to bring you through the fire, unsinged, unburned. And if that's you this morning, I want you just to take a step of faith and come into this altar and say, Lord, I need you to cover me. I need you to show me favor in this moment. I need you to bring me through this adversity that I'm going through. Come on, just step out of your pew and say, God, walk with me in the midst of this. I put on the Lord Jesus Christ. I've trusted in him. But I need his presence in my life right now. You say, God, I know that you've got my days in your hand. I need your help. I need you to deliver me.